morning. I am Cindy Vonna. Love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word 1490 True Talk Radio, reminding you that you're stream, we are streaming live at klgo.net and that you can also catch up with us at lovetalknetwork.com. In the studio with me today, you know, I usually my introduction <laughs> goes like this. In the studio with me today is the first lady of love, Miss Evelyn Davison. Evelyn is out on a cruise. I'm not sure what water she's on. I'm hoping she's not in a canoe with a paddle. Well, you know, wherever wherever Evelyn is, she is having a great time, and everyone around her is having a great time. You know, the last time she went on some cruise, oh, I know it was some riverboat thing in in Europe, and she came back, and it had been on Easter Sunday, and she had given the message or prayed or something. She had pulled the whole, whole boat together to give the Easter message, so we'll hardly wait to get back and uh, hear from her all the great things, but you and I miss Kathy Enderbrock. We have some great things. (laughs) We have been on an adventure of our own in our nation's capital. How about that? Uh, Just as a reminder to those of you who are joining us today, you know, we uh, have a new partner on Love Talk. We we rope her in to our... To our mess just as often as we can. But Kathy Enderbrock, who is the founder of the ministry Let's Pray Today, she also serves as the city of Georgetown coordinator for National mm-hmm. Day of Prayer. Mm-hmm. She is a fabulous mom and wife. I, When I hear about her raising her girls, I, I it just takes me back to a time I can just barely remember. But <laughs> anyway, I love to hear her stories. But Kathy is in studio with me today because, bless her soul, she got partnered with Jim and I in Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah, it was a fun and, time. Uh, Jim absolutely just adores you, Kathy. Uh, he uh, wants to give everything we have to you. He sees so <laughs> much of Christ in you. And so we are thrilled that you're here. We're thrilled we made it back from Washington, D.C., aren't we? We're back in, in um, Texas, kiss the ground. That uh, That's but, right. But we had a fabulous time. And we're going to talk some about that today as uh, we introduce this uh topic today of praying for America. You know, we've been in this this long series. Now, everything Evelyn and I do is long, but we've been <laughs> in this series of spiritual legacy, and that was intentional, and I am so grateful to, to the Lord for that, really talking about not so much contemporary issues of the day or the dilemmas that we have with culture, but what was it in the hearts of our forefathers that they were carrying such a burden to leave a legacy for those around them. I, you know, I think God is a God of remembrance and understanding truthfully where we have come from and seeing God's hand uh, in the history of our nation. It just gives me such hope and encouragement knowing that the good work he has started, uh, he is committed to, not just a little bit, but he is fully committed to. And um, it's fun to be here on Love Talk with all the love talkers out there. We are learning how to love talk one word at a time. Jim says that to me occasionally when, occasionally I say that with, I should say it with greater humility, when we're not love talking, he'll say, now, is that? the love lady love talking to me. I mean, he's very (laughs) 
quick at that. And boy, I'm oh, like, God bless our husbands. They <laughs> always kind of pull us up, don't oh, they? Oh, yeah, they see all the warts. Well, you know what? Um, I We had a great time. You know, Jim's daddy had uh, passed away some weeks before. Jim was feeling a little bit sad. He knew he needed some time to regroup. And so we planned a little extra time going up before the summons, which was October the 3rd through the the 7th. 7th. And um, honestly, Kathy, I left not with the same heaviness that Jim had, but I left with a heaviness in my heart because I get hundreds of emails every day, and many of them have been very disheartening. Mm -hmm. Christians in a really hard place with Mm -hmm. this nation. Christians in a place where they they can't carry a blessing to our current government or the way they see our culture today. Christians who take it very personally. I mean, it was, you know, and, and you and I continue to hearken a nation to hope we don't. We try to anchor that in reality mm-hmm, to address the mm-hmm. things and not cover it over. But I was so. I wanted to just tell you that as we shared time together up there, I have fallen passionately uh, more filled with hope over exactly what you said. He who began a good work is committed to complete mm-hmm. it. Absolutely, and. Um, the one of the things that I love about going into our nation's capital is you are right there where it is at. And you're right, Cindy. I mean, there are so many weary warriors and fainting saints out there. We are just exhausted. And one of the things that the conference really helped me see is that the Lord is doing amazing things, not just in our nation, but in other nations of the world. And he has given us these incredible, incredible shovels. And I think, you know, some of us are getting kind of tired and we're starting to lean on our shovels and just pray for holes. And the Lord is, you know, he's telling us, baby, you keep on digging because you're going to dig some trenches and I, I'm going to open heaven and fill them with water. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I am, I got a really good, truthful, objective look at where we are at in talking with some of the staffers and such. But wow, I'm, I, I feel definitely refreshed. You know, in the original, when they announced the summons, there was the call for, oh, they hoped for 50,000 intercessors to come to Washington. So I knew it was nowhere near that. When we got up there, and John Bornstein, who is the vice chair of National Day of Prayer, also in the National Prayer Committee, whom you Mm -hmm. and I, uh, in many ways, answer to in in our daily work Mm -hmm. lives uh, as volunteers to National Day of Prayer, he talked about how the numbers would would come above, fall below. And what Uh was the number? It was exactly, exactly 300, exactly 300, not 299, not 301, but exactly 300 people. And, Cindy, I'm I'm dying to share what exactly the significance of that number is. Should I go ahead and leave that to you? Yeah, okay. No, do it. Well, I don't know how many of our love talkers are familiar with the story of Gideon and his army, um, but... He, God took a man who was trembling in his boots, raised him up as a warrior, 
and gave him exactly 300 men to go out and uh, reclaim the nation of Israel. And uh, that, in Gideon's eyes, was a very small number. But as those men stepped out faithfully, following God's word, trusting in God, God brought complete salvation back to that nation. You know, with sitting in that room, now you and I are kind of used to the leadership conference that hovers right around there. But, you know, that this was the National Prayer Committee. This Mm -hmm. were many, many other Mm -hmm. ministries. And, you know, at first I was like, this is where you see the non-love lady at work. This Evelyn would have just been, she'd have been, we'd have had to just tie her down. (laughs) But, you know, I was like, oh, gosh, it was 50,000, it was 300. And, you know, and I knew what was ahead because I had been in Washington, D.C. many times, but on another prayer journey uh, in in 1992, Promise Keepers, I think 92, 94, I'll have to read, I'm not sure about my dates, folks, but it was the Promise Keepers stand in the gate Mm -hmm. with Coach McCartney, and I was one of the few that came in three weeks where we prayed for every home, prayer walked the entire city, did every site, Mm -hmm. and a million men showed up on on (laughs) the mall. And then I I was thinking, 300, what was the significance of a million? Well, now we're at 300. Lord, what are you going to do? And boy... Did he, he? he really <laughs> did. I, you know, he and he brought back, um, you know, just kind of reviewing what has been happening in our nation and the movements that the Lord has brought about by his hand. And we actually remember we had a man uh, that was in our group because we got, uh, you know, uh, we went together in groups. The Lord sent us out, uh, you know, the Lord sent his disciples out two by two. And so we did not go alone. We went in groups. And one of the, the one of the men in our groups had gone to that million man march. And so it was wonderful for him to get to recall everything that the Lord had called him to and done in his life. At that time, and I, you know, Cindy, I bet you there are men out there listening right now that can think back who participated in that Million Man March and can revisit and spend time with the Lord. Standing in the gap, yeah. a, a million men on that mall, filling that mall from the mm-hmm. Capitol down to the reflecting pool near the monument on their faces in repentance. And yet here we are today, Kathy, facing some of the dilemmas. And God had narrowed it down to 300. (laughs) And when you think about that invitation and that call, and Mm -hmm. that's what we want to share today, not that we're special, but what God has done through that. And we're going to talk about that through the grid that we've talked about previously with covenant. Only today we're going to be talking about the new covenant with Christ Mm -hmm. Jesus and our response to God. We're going to be talking about clean hands, a pure heart, holy hands. And the new theme for National Day of Prayer for 2013 is Pray for America, mm-hmm. Matthew 12:21. In his name, the nations will put their hope. Now, we're going to be, when we talk about the covenant with God, you and I, you were with Evelyn and I, when we talked about that Old Testament covenant, where we talked about Adam and Noah and Abraham made for blessing, the Davidic covenant, and then the Mosaic covenant, the Mm -hmm. Mosaic covenant having been different because... 
Of what? Of the Mosaic Covenant was different because it was a covenant that involved an agreement by the people and by God. Whereas with those other covenants, we see God cutting that covenant and making that covenant on where he himself was the keeper of the covenant. With the Mosaic Covenant, boy, uh, the uh, the nation of Israel had a lot of skin in the game, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> they had a responsibility to keep their side of the, of, of the uh, promise. Well, you know what? We're going to take our break, and that's what we're going to come back. We're going to talk about skin in the game. What is yours? This is Love Talk on the Word. Ah, I like that. Good morning, I am Cindy Vonna, love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 True Talk Radio, reminding you we're streaming live at klgo.net. Also, you can catch up with us at lovetalknetwork.com. And in the studio, of course, with me is just this most precious woman of God who I feel like is, is just such a joy and gift to know her as she instructs my heart to be better than who I am every time I'm around her. Kathy Indebrock from Let's Pray Today, who is also uh, the Georgetown uh, City Coordinator for National Day of Prayer. Really, it is not the ministry so much that she is associated that we should even talk about. It is the ministry of Christ Jesus that she mm. is so passionate about and well, laying that foundation in her life and her children. I like what you said. You know, next time... Eric gets crosswise with me or I get crosswise with him, I'm going to tell him, baby, don't you remember what Cindy said? I am a joy and a gift <laughs> to know. <laughs> I could use those words. I like that. About that time, he might say something like what I hear at home, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, they keep us humble, don't they? Hey, we're talking today in the studio of, in this ongoing a season about leaving, building a spiritual legacy, and we've gone through these six principles of what it is in our lives to to build and leave a legacy that lifts a nation mm. higher and brings a nation closer to God, that is pleasing to God, the things that our forefathers had insight into as they gifted us with these precious documents that you and I spent time meditating on mm. as we crossed literally the not just not the ocean that our forefathers crossed but that ocean of time between what our forefathers have done and today and mm. as we looked into the faces mm -hmm. of the next mm -hmm. generation and we we talked when we were last together before we went to DC about the old covenant and one of the things if we don't come up and ground this in the new covenant if we don't talk about Christ Jesus then we've really lost our footing here. Oh, I, I think that's right. I mean, we have to remember God is the God who was, who is, and who is to come. And he wants to be God over our was, our is, and our is to come. And when we look at the past, we can't just 
turn our eyes back and get stuck there. We have to look at then the covenant of Christ and how then the Lord uses that to impact us. That is so good. You know, one of the things I'm always saying to anxious Christians is we were made for anticipation and not anxiety. And Christians had themselves buried facing the eastern gate because of the soon coming Christ Jesus. Will we forget about the work of Christ Jesus and the promises of God? We've used this fancy religious term that I don't know is, you know, super meaningful, except we did it in the in the way of spiritual legacy, forefathers, a pact, a mm-hmm, promise. Mm-hmm. And then we went through and we said, you know, when God makes a promise, he swears upon himself. Yeah, that that's a pretty big swear. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> is. You know, when he was dealing with Abraham and he divides the bull, puts Abraham to sleep yeah. and walks through the bull, you know, sets does the whole sacrifice himself. Walk, he is swearing. He makes the vow upon himself. He keeps his vow. He keeps his promises. We don't have to hold him to it. He will. We have to step into an understanding and belief in that. But let's. You know, there's a scripture in Ephesians 1, 3, and it says this, How blessed is God! What a blessing he is! He's the Father of our Master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Christ Jesus. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved son. Again, that's Ephesians 1 and Three, So that what we're looking at here are the covenants, the promises of God established upon grace, the promises of goodness to man that he himself. Wow. I mean, that is such a powerful verse. I mean, even just looking over that in preparation for um, today, it's just one that I think, why do I not have that hanging on my wall? Because (laughs) that is powerful. That is huge. You and I need to wallpaper our houses. You know, we, we, we could just, you know, as it is, when I was trying to sell my last house, you know, the, the real estate agents came through and they said, well, you have to take down some of your verses and stuff. This looks like a shrine. That, that would be how some people would interpret it. But I was like, you don't get it. I have to have this front and center before me or there's nothing on my own. He, but his his covenant is universal. It 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 is grace that mm. fulfills the promises of God, and it is grace that destroys sin. That's one reason why I needed this trip, Kathy. Because, you know, uh, where where is the grace right now? And by that, I don't mean. Tolerance. I don't mean that man-made institution that says we're going to tolerate every kind of abomination to God, every kind of behavior aberrant and perverse, and we're going to call it grace. I mean, that is definitely not, um, you know, Christ called sin for sin, and he said, now go and sin no more. And, you know, I think what we've gotten to is, 
we don't want to call sin sin and we say go act however it is seems right to you and um you know that is a religion and a belief system made by man and i will ultimately not put our feet on solid ground and has not put our feet on solid ground and you know i love we talk about the history of our country and it you know sometimes it feels like the history books are just getting rewritten so yeah. i love going to our nation's capital and you see it right there. <laughs> Remember when, and we're going to be talking about this later, when we went over to the Lincoln Memorial. Okay, you don't really want to go there, Okay, do you? I know, not yet, not yet. But I will just tell you all over our nation's capital, it is, it says under God. God this, God that. And I'm talking capital G-O-D with no S on the end. I mean, it yeah. is just a wonderful thing. So I, I love going back because it, I just felt like the Lord saying, I have been here. I am here. I am a faithful God, and this is the history of your nation. Do not let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, and he is, I just, he is a promise-keeping God. And the reason why we wanted to look at the New Covenant before we get into our story is it is easy when you talk about a journey like ours. Well, these are, you know, these are special people. These are, you know, these are, you know, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all on a journey with God. We are all individually made, specially made, written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I know you did not want to get into this idea of Esther because it takes so much to backdrop to explain. But, you know, he we, we've all been set down in this time for mm. such a time as this. But it is when I talked about grace that fulfills the promises of God and grace that destroys sin, that's the grace that has been imbued, given to you and I as a gift from God that, uh, that allows man to be crucified with Christ and restored before God because we were separated from God. We can't forget that because that's the subject we're going to be talking about. Oh, and I think, you know, it is, <laughs> we don't want pain, right? We don't want discomfort. We don't want oh, anything yeah. that is hard. We want easy peasy pie, as they used to say when I was in Australia. And so instead of wanting to be crucified with Christ and restored before God, we just want to hop over Christ and be restored before God. And, you know, in the Lord's just perfect plan, it does not work that way. So we have to understand this relationship with Christ, this living, breathing relationship that we have with the one true God through his son by the power of his spirit and what that means um, when we're talking about skin in the game and walking it out and making those everyday decisions about how to spend our resources of of time and and, and thoughts and what mm. we're speaking to ourselves and the words that we share with the Lord and with our children, they all have great impact. That's very good. So having set the stage for this building a spiritual legacy, leaving a spiritual legacy, these forefathers who scratched out of both granite and the ground a nation that you and I then benefit from, established upon the Judeo principles of God, a reverence for God, 
a, a willingness to acknowledge uh, the divine will of God, then we look at this promise of God because we're going to spend the, the rest of the program talking about, well, okay, given that these things are true about God, what is our response to him? And he says in Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin, heal their land as we humbly and diligently seek him, that we'd be changed and we'll see transformation in America through prayer. We're going to talk about... James 5:16 the righteous the prayers of a righteous man avail much Psalm 24:4 we're going to talk about all those things and the journey that we took as 300 came to the nation's capital to seek God's face and what did we see this is love talk on the word Good morning, I am Cindy Vonna, love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word 1490 True Talk Radio, reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net, and you can also catch up with the audio portion of this program at lovetalknetwork.com. Kathy, you know, we've <laughs> got to put three weeks of, uh, me, three weeks of living, for you and I, that time frame we were in D.C. trying to encapsulate this into something that has meaning beyond just you and I and what took place uh, because we were wanting to talk about the character of God mm. and hope for the nation. You know, one of the things that we're, we're building towards is having talked about the covenant, the old covenant, the new covenant, is that the new covenant is, is it, the salvation is, is the covenant that Christ alone can fulfill in mm-hmm. the sense of having been crucified and paid our debt. It is our response to God where we are justified by faith. Mm-hmm. It is then that we live beyond that towards the knowledge of the character of God in intimacy with him, covenant with him, where we give our lives to him, where we live out the promises of God by surrendering our way to his will, and to commitment to God beyond our own needs, but to believing in the promises of God, believing in the word of God, the Holy Spirit, the work of God on earth that we want to talk about in these closing segments. Now, when I went out uh, at last on the promise of God, I talked about Second Chronicles 7.14. What, what's your take on that? You know, I love Second Chronicles 7.14 because it, it, it just shares so much the heart of God to restore, restore his people. And, Cindy, I have heard uh, before that people go, oh, no, no, no. That is a promise that God made for Israel that America cannot take that promise and apply it to themselves. And, you know, I just, I don't, I, I think that misses when you, when you say that, oh, no, the Lord intended that for someone else. I, that is not for me. 
when the Lord makes these promises, we can see throughout his word, through the entirety of his word, his character of gracious, generous love and grace poured out to us, as well as an impartiality that he shows towards his children. Um, You know, not one of us is the apple of his eye and, and the other one isn't. We are the apple of his eye. And so I love that we can we can ground Second Chronicles 714 in the character of God and and really trust on that same character for him to do for us what he has done for his children in the past. Well, and the. Some of the backdrop to that, of course, is the New Testament and the letters and the epistles, the gospels written by those who were discipled Mm -hmm. by Christ that say then, having been justified by faith, having come to a saving knowledge of Christ Jesus, having been justified by faith, then this is how we live. And Mm. we looked at James 5.16, and we looked at Psalms 24.4, which is, You know, an Old Testament verse, but here's what it says. The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. Mm -hmm. And then James 5.16, as I paraphrase it, says the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective, or for those King Jamesers out there, availeth much. I know. And, you know, the one thing that really struck me, Cindy, is, you know, we talked about clean hands and a pure heart, a righteous man. There is this idea in the word that says, we have a responsibility that we must be intentional in our lives to keep our hands clean. And, uh, you know, I was, Cindy, we were talking earlier, whenever sickness breaks out at school or, or sickness breaks out, you know, even at our house, we focus on washing our hands. Because if we can keep our hands clean, it will stop that virus or that um, bacteria from spreading. And we go through and clean things. And God promises that uh, he, that Jesus will make her holy by cleansing her, by the washing with water through the word. And so he does provide a way that we can have those clean hands and a pure heart, that we can lift up holy hands to him in prayer. You and, know, we have some fabulous teacher speakers, uh, Dave Butts, Dave Cabal, Dave Butts being the chair of the, Na- the National Prayer Committee, Dave Cabal, Intercessors for America, uh, Doug Small, who I believe is over one of the streams, I think it's is it Church of Christ. I, Dave, Doug, excuse me if I get that wrong. Uh, we had Bishop Harry Jackson. Wow. Uh, and and yeah. this was the message, basically. You know, we can continue to pray in such a way that we're asking God to grant our wish list. Or we can begin to see that as a nation, lest we come with those clean hands, that clean heart and holy hands, then we we have, or, or perhaps God has ought with us, not only as a nation, but as individuals and as prayers. Now, let's step through, because you sent me some fabulous notes, <laughs> uh, five points that we want to talk about briefly in terms of our journey. And let's start with, with 
first one, the first one, based on what did we learn in Washington, D.C., based on this James 5.16, Psalms 24.4, and the journey, what did you learn in regard to hope? Oh, you know, that there, I just, I walked away seeing everything that the Lord had been doing in our nation, and, you know, rather than coming, as we were talking about earlier as a a weary warrior, I um, felt very much, uh, how do you say, that the the plans were more clearly laid out. The Lord really used it as a time to put courage in. You know, I think we were in a muddle. And yeah. people, when we went to D.C., it was like, reason why, part of the reason why there's 300 is, who wants to go to Washington, D.C. right now? Not really anybody. No. <laughs> you know, and even those of us who went went, okay, I think I'm supposed to go. I will go. So we went with just like, geez. Yeah, and the Lord really did amazing things and, and put courage in. Yeah, it, A pastor told me a long time ago, if you feel discouraged, that is the enemy because the enemy takes courage out. That is what it means to be discouraged. You are having courage taken out of you, but the Lord is a God of encouragement. He puts courage into you. And so, you know, there was a bit of conviction because when we went to visit these leaders, I realized, Cindy, I had not been praying for oh, my leaders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I had been fretting over my leaders. I had wanted a change in my leaders. I had wanted my leaders to start working together for to stand for right. I had never translated that into prayers for my leaders. Let me set this up so you can go back to that. So we had arranged in advance. That's one of the things that, you know, part of the homework that we were doing on the side with Kathy Brownsell. Uh, out of national, we were setting up appointments with our legislative mm-hmm. offices, and she was dogged in that, even though <laughs> I, at the time, way I was thinking was, oh, boy. You know, what use is yeah. that going to be? Yeah, and, and so, all right, so 530 legislators, 300 people, and we were going to spend one whole day walking the hill, going from off, having set these appointments. We found out when our appointments was, mm-hmm. what were. group we mm-hmm. were, what group we were with, and then we set out on this trek. And what did we discover? We just, I mean, we just got to see all that the Lord had been doing. There were these young staffers, because as you know, as you know. Uh, Congress is not in session right now, so mostly we got to meet with their staffers. And, I mean, these these were young men and women who were going to Bible study, who invited prayer, who um, had that relationship with the Lord. And, you know, I just felt like the Lord saying, see, see what I'm doing? You know, I have not forgotten. I am raising up a generation, and if your generation does not get it together I will bring about my work with this generation. And, um, you know, as the staffers began sharing with us how exhausted our congressmen were, both in the Senate and in the House, that there was such a gridlock, that things were not getting done, that there was so much anger. There were no longer, you know, good relationships there, but very much broken relationships, and that everybody just wanted Congress to start working, wanted to see healing in those relationships. You know, just mentally, I just felt, okay, I need to be praying specifically for these things. I need to be praying specifically for 
for my leaders. And Paul tells us this, pray for your leaders. And I've kind of uh, not taken that real seriously. But Brother Paul, I got him now. Yeah, well, because in abstract, it's like you're praying for these sound bites, these people that you think have let you down and disappointed you. And yet what we saw were these young, committed, we didn't visit with a single staffer that I think was really much more than 30. Oh, yeah. We prayed for health. We prayed for marriage. We prayed for uh, relationships. We prayed for jobs. We got a we got a clear picture of their passion to serve, their desire for prayer. They'd come into the offices with a notepad and pencil thinking, here come the crazy Christians probably, <laughs> and they're going to demand, who knows what they thought we were going to demand. We left in every case with them going, if only. If only we had more meetings like this. Mm -hmm. If Mm -hmm. only you knew how much we are concerned for the future of this nation, the debt that these who have yet to have their families, the debt that they are concerned about for their own future, the fact that they aren't having these relationships of loving one another, and yet them seeking God, in those Bible studies that are being held on that place. And one man in particular who was going to be going into business and working for his father, he decided, you know, and I just, you know, he got his uh, bachelor in, in business from UT, and he decided, you know what, I'm going to go to my nation's capital and see if I can make a difference. And within two months had a job and is working there and, and committed to our country. And there, so there is hope for the future, but we must be faithful in the now. And um, I just, there was such a strong sense that, you know, when we went there, I thought, had God forsaken our nation? And over and over again, of these 300 people, when they would get up at the microphone, they had had the same concern. And the Lord had called to their mind and brought um, to their focus, you know, we talk about the Star Spangled Banner, does that Um, star-spangled banner yet wave and how important that was to the troops to encourage the troops that that banner still waved Um, and the Lord just spoke and said uh, you know what is my banner it's not a star-spangled banner it is a banner of love and that is a forever love an everlasting love and so for us to think oh my goodness does his banner over us yet wave yes it does it will continue to wave and uh, I, you know it's just encouraged me to be uh, diligent and intentional holding on to the hope that he's given us keeping my hands clean Um, In all that I do and watching the thoughts that I think and being intentional for this nation, for him. You know, we're going to take our last break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the banner over us. And we're going to talk about providence in a nation seeking God with holy hands. This is Love Talk on the Word.
Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 True Talk Radio, streaming live at klgo.net. Also, you can catch the audio portion of this program at lovetalknetwork.com. Kathy Indebrock and I are in the studio today talking about spiritual legacy, Pray for America, the new theme out of National Day of Prayer for 2013 being in his name, The Nations Will Put Their Hope, out of Matthew 12 and 21. And just want to remind you all quickly that you can go to ndpaustin.org to get you, to sign up for your table to come to the Freedom Dinner October the 27th. That's going to be at Hyde Park Quarries, the Freedom Dinner auction and uh, rally where coordinators like Kathy get an opportunity oh, yeah. to raise the, the few dollars that they have <laughs> for their their events. Kathy has a, a wonderful event that she does out uh, in the open air in, in Georgetown, mm-hmm. the high school football stadium. And that's, you know, obviously that's for the National Day of Prayer in, in May. But the Freedom Dinner is the time that we come together, have a great time, and, and raise funds with an amazing auction. I mean, we're, people don't, uh, it's not an auction for little things. No. It is an auction for just fun, amazing packages. And I want to go to Oregon. <laughs> I went to Oregon. I got some friends of mine got the uh, auction package for the for the vacation to Oregon, and they very graciously invited me to go with them. And we had an amazing we always time. Have golf, and we have fishing. So it's October the twenty seventh. Once again, you can go to the website. That's ndpaustin.org. Um, Kathy, we were talking about the five points that we had put together of our journey, and one of the ones we want to talk about as the overarching concept here is what is our response to God, and how do we become a people that lift holy hands, clean hands? Now, you know, um, sometimes what it takes to lift holy hands are not perfect hands, Mm, but oftentimes it does take empty hands. You know, we can hold so tight sometimes, Kathy, to the things that we think need correction, the things we think God's going to do, that are, or even our own security. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. going to hold on to mine. You mm-hmm. go get yours, but I'm holding on to mine. But one of the things that we found out in, in these staffers is that they didn't come up and talk about their agenda. That's we didn't right. talk about our agenda. They didn't talk about theirs. What took place with regard to the nations that grabbed your heart? Uh, This was, you know, Dave Butts got up and and spoke. Uh, I think it was the second night we were together. Maybe it was the first night. He got up and spoke, and he said that he had recently been to an international prayer summons and that there were uh, leaders from church all over the world. And the that six no excuse me seven different churches from different nations came to him and said the first one was from the church in china and uh this leader said dave the church in china is praying for america will the church in america join us and it was so overwhelming for dave because the church in china doesn't know does the church in america get it do they realize uh, what is happening to America on their watch, on their watch? And and so the church in China, I just love this. And, and so this happened again and again. 
with seven total leaders from different nations that came and said, uh, you know, the church in, uh, was, was it Kenya is praying for uh, America? And, and Indonesia. The, uh, the list went on and on. I want us to move to one of the most poignant moments that I think we were together and we'd had a funny moment before a poignant moment. We're going <laughs> to we're going to skip the funny moment because it's but we're going to say this. We were out on a Saturday and it was one of the very few moments we had been to David's tent, we had worshiped at David's tent. We had seen the youth that had left their jobs to come this tent is on the ellipse, the White House lawn. We saw the move at the Spirit. Many of them had left their jobs to come and worship. We know there are worship teams going in and out across the nation. There are several teams that have come from Texas that have come from Austin. And we found ourselves at a place that Jim wanted to go to that he had never been to before. You and I had both been to. And I loved it because every time we tried to get there, something happened and we couldn't go. And, you know, Cindy, being the wonderful wife that she is, wanted to make sure she took care of her special gym. And even though we were tired and ready to go back to the room, Cindy said, Jim, we are going to the Lincoln Memorial. He said, oh, no, sweetheart, we don't have to. She goes, Jim, we are going to the Lincoln Memorial. Go get a cab. <laughs> as, as long as he didn't ask me to walk another mile, I was more than willing to go. The poor guy, he hauled us around the whole time, treated us like queens. And he oh, he was wonderful. So little. And I thought he really wants to do this. And he had never been to D.C. And you've been there quite a bit. I've been there. And so it's easy to be to be dismissive. But I will tell you, Washington, D.C. has changed so much. It is so incredibly international. We were at the Lincoln Memorial. And I mean, there were hundreds and hundreds of people there of every nation. And, of course, we began to read the scrolls on other side, not at the idol. We weren't, I mean, we weren't idolizing Lincoln, but mm-hmm. we got caught up in in the scrolls, the first one being the Gettysburg Address. Yes. You and I marched our little uh, Texas selves right up to the front and pointed to the under God and got our picture taken That's right. by that. Then we went over to the Lesser Known Scrolls, which is the second inaugural address of Lincoln, and we were stunned. It was one of the highlights of the trip, and it kills me that we only have four minutes to share. So, Cindy, I mean, I know you have so much to say on this, um, so I don't want to take up the time, but I tell you, when we started reading, we had to go get tissues because uh, of the profound words that were up there written on on the on this wall. We weren't the only ones. We bumped into there are lots of parents taking their children to D.C. and there was a, there were some kids talking to their mom about what's going on, mom? What's wrong with you? And she was crying. Yeah. And and, and she said it's just so stirring and moving. Well, to set the stage, and you're right, this is such a shame. This was Lincoln's second inauguration. People had to stand in a sea of mud and water as Mm -hmm. thousands came to the Capitol to hear the president. And what he basically did is he set the address based upon the end of the war. And he set it under the theme of divine providence that we cannot 
always understand everything that's going on. But here's what he said. In, in short, it said that neither party expected for the war the magnitude of the duration which it has already attained. Neither anticipated that the cause of the conflict might cease with or even before the conflict itself should cease. Excuse me. Each looked for an easier triumph and a result less fundamental and astounding. Both read the same Bible and pray to the same God, and each invokes his aid against the other. Boy, does this sound oh, like today? Yeah. It may seem strange that any men should dare to ask a just God's assistance in wringing their bread from the sweat of other men's faces. But let us judge not, lest we be judged. The prayers of both could not be answered. That of neither has been answered fully. The mighty has his own purposes. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offense come. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. If we shall suppose that American slavery is one of those offenses which in the providence of God must needs come, but which, having continued through his appointed time, he now wills to remove, and that he gives to both north and south this terrible war as the woe due to those by whom the offense came. He goes on to say, Kathy, that basically for every lash that was laid upon those who mm. labored in slavery that then also that would be paid for with bloodshed. By the sword. Kathy, mm. this is a perfect picture. If you've not read this, I want to encourage you to do so. If you think this nation has at a crossroads that it has not been before, if you think you understand the will of God, but you've not gone con to God to seek his will, mm -hmm. if you've not laid down your will for his will, if you've not surrendered your own uh, sphere of influence for his providence so mm -hmm. that he might work his way in our hearts. If you have not lifted your hands holy and empty before God that he might save us, we would implore you to do so. This has been Love Talk on the Word. Broadcasting live from the Dick Oppenheimer Broadcast Center. You're listening to Austin's new home for the word. 1490 AM, KLGO, Austin.